to come together to worship you today. Um, thank you for this time of remembrance uh, as we partook in communion, God. You tell us that we are uh, to do that, to proclaim your death until you come. And as, as we do that, as we proclaim your death, thank you that death is not where that journey ended, uh, but that journey continues through resurrection. God, as this song we just sang said that uh, you command our destiny. God, just as you rose from the grave, uh, you invite us to the same. You invite us to resurrection life. So thank you for that, God. Thank you. Uh, this, even on Sunday, we gather because that's the day you rose. And so God, let us honor both your death and your resurrection today. Uh, Lord, as we look into your word, I pray that uh, we would have greater uh, purpose, that we would have uh, challenge in our hearts this morning, that we would be encouraged and that we would see um, today with forever in mind. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can have a seat. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Free Church. My name is Anthony. I'm pastor here. And if you're joining us online, we want to welcome you. If you're joining us from uh, Oklahoma, we want to welcome you as well. Uh, our church home in Oklahoma is joining us live. They used to join us uh, a week in arrear. So we're happy to have them live with us every week. And we have some other home churches starting as well that we're excited about. And so we are happy that you're joining us today as well. Um, last week, we started this series that is called You Only Live Forever, and in just a minute, I'll give you a little bit of a recap of that particular message. Uh, this was a series that was not planned for the year, and as we were approaching Easter, it's something I felt burdened uh, as the pastor of this church to teach on, and sometimes when, when you don't have a lot of time to prepare, plan, pray about, or study for a series... Um, sometimes you wonder, why, why are we doing this? And last week, I was just encouraged to hear a lot of people who were encouraged by some of these thoughts of what forever um, is like and how we can focus on living a life that is lived forever. And this week, we're going to get a little bit more in-depth into that, and we'll, we'll wrap this message up today. And um, I wanted to give you a couple brief announcements. I know that Paula Lehman gave you a few. I want to talk about some kind of Sunday service-oriented announcements real quick as we are getting in uh, to prepare to start the message today. Um, next Sunday is Mother's Day, and so if you are a child of a mother, which you all are, <laughs> and if you are uh, maybe a spouse of a mother, which you are all not, um, then make sure you get a card, a gift, flowers, do something. Um, if, if your wife or your mom tells you, hey, don't worry about it, worry about it. Uh, make sure that you get something. So next Sunday is Mother's Day, and we've got some fun things going on here at Free Church for Mother's Day at 9 and 11. We're going to have a photo booth. We're going to have some gifts for moms. We'll do a couple special things in honor of mothers next week that we're planning, and we're also going to be going back into our series Exodus Journey. And sometimes, again, as a church, it's tempting to, like, preach on Mother's Day, but the message we have um, in Exodus Journey next week is certainly applicable not only to everyone, but especially to mothers. So that's next week. The week, um, two weeks after that, so not the, not the 15th, but May the 22nd, uh, we are doing child dedications. And so if you have a, a new baby or if you have a um, children in your family that you have never dedicated publicly to the Lord with your church body, uh, we would love to invite you to do that. You can register to do so on our app. That is FC Online. And we would love, again, to um, just take part in blessing and honoring and dedicating your children to the Lord. If you have questions about that, let us know. 
Um, we do that four times a year, and our next one is going to be uh, on May the 22nd. And then one more just brief service announcement is we are in the process, um, Casey Freshour, who just led you in worship and communion, we've been working really hard on starting to dream and envision and pray about and launch uh, Free Church Downtown Salem. Uh, our first preview service was going to be May 22nd. Uh, we had a couple things fall through in regard to location. And so um, be listening for our first preview service. That'll be Sunday night at 6 p.m. in downtown Salem. The first one should be the fourth Sunday of June, and we should know, we, we will know by next week where that will be. We've got two great places. You could be praying about those two places that we're praying about meeting in. Um, both would be really phenomenal. We just want to make sure we have God's will in that particular decision. And so that first one will be coming up in June. So um, if you have a Bible, if you want to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, and while you're pulling up Hebrews 11, the verses will be on the screen behind me. If you're watching online, they'll be on your TV or on your phone. I did want to take a moment to honor a couple people. I've got some cards in my hands. Um, and I wanted to honor um, Sherry Barnhart. Can you come up with me, Sherry? Uh, come up. And uh, I'll have her daughter, Elaine, come up with her as well. So Sherry uh, and Elaine, I just want to honor Sherry just because she's, she's a fantastic woman. And it was her birthday this week, too. It's not why we're honoring you, but we'll just throw out a plug for your birthday. She turned 44. And so this is... Um, for Sherry, this is for Elaine. They both put in a lot of work and effort to transform our kids' wing before Easter. And if you haven't seen that, you're not allowed to go down there during service. Um, but if you want to come after our 11 o'clock service someday, uh, check that out. We'd love for you to see some of the work they put in. Um, still a lot going on there every single month, but they really transform. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, ladies. And um, wanted to honor also um, um, Kelly Milliken. You want to come on up as well? I know she likes, she likes a lot of attention. And we're, we're not honoring her for graduating, even though she did graduate yesterday. Um, we'll do that later. But Kelly, uh, here's a card for you as well. She put in a ton of work in our uh, free church rollout, rolling out into um, launching our new name as a church, and just want to thank her for all the time and effort she put into that. And someone else I wanted to honor today that's not here. They don't get honored. No, they'll be here next service. We'll honor them. It's Kim Reese, by the way. And so uh, let's get into our series. I want to give you a quick recap of last week. Uh, you are born once, and you die once, but you never stop living. That was kind of the big idea last week. You're born once, you die once, but you never stop living. Uh, you don't only live once in the sense that one day it all ends. Instead, you only live forever. Once you are conceived, you exist. Once you're conceived, you just simply uh, exist. Part of your existence takes place in these mortal bodies. Part of your existence involves this mortal body dying. But after death, you will continue to live. And then you'll be judged. Uh, we learned last week, um, upon that judgment, those who are in Christ will live the next season of their life in paradise. And those who are not in Christ will live the next season of their life in what Jesus and the Old Testament and um, Hebrew thinking described as Hades. Um, part of your life will then involve the resurrection of your body to a body that is imperishable. And at this point in your forever life, you'll experience final judgment. Again, those who are in Christ 
will experience a reward in a resurrected, glorified body living with Jesus for eternity in a new heaven and a new earth. And those who are not in Christ will spend eternity forever in their resurrected bodies uh, in a lake of fire. And so in light of these things, we must consider, we must ask ourselves how we will spend forever. Whether or not we will receive the free gift of God, which is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So that was kind of a recap of last week. And so we need to, and we talked about this last week as well, we need to live today with forever in mind. You and I need to live our todays with forever in mind because we do live forever after all. And so though today is important, and though we are living our forever life right now, today and into eternity, and though we shouldn't be anxious or worry about tomorrow, we should not put all of our focus onto today. So today is important, but, but we live a life that extends beyond today. We shouldn't put all of our focus on today, on these bodies, in this world, and on this planet as we know it today. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that we are strangers in exiles on the earth. How many of you are a stranger today? To someone, you're a stranger. Uh, you're an exile. The Bible says you're a stranger. You're an exile on the earth. And each of us, each person who is following Jesus Christ, who has put their faith in God, even in the Old Testament, we are seeking a homeland. We are seeking a better country. Hebrews says a heavenly one. We are seeking a city which God is building. And so Jesus tells us that we, as followers of Jesus, we are in this world as it exists right now, but as followers of Jesus, we are not of this world. We're not supposed to fit in to this world that we are not of. In fact, the Bible says that not only are we strangers and exiles, but we're aliens. And so today you've learned you're a stranger, you're an exile, you are an alien. You and I, those who follow Jesus, those who have made Christ Lord, those who partake in communion, are to stand out, not to fit in. Hebrews 11, verse 13, the author of Hebrews has just gone to great lengths to describe all sorts of heroes of the faith. And all of these heroes of the faith of the Old Testament, and he's saying they were looking forward to something that they never possessed in the flesh. They were looking forward to something they did not fully understand or know, and that was the coming of Christ. And so in verse 13, it's written, these heroes of the faith all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out from, they would have had the opportunity to go back. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly country. So I want to talk to you today about this journey we are on. So many of us as Christians, as human beings, as people, we are so consumed with our journey that we fail to recognize, we forget about our destination. 
so many of us end up investing everything we have into the journey, forgetting that the destination has every single thing that we need. So are you more focused on your journey or are you more focused on the destination? And to kind of elaborate on that and show and give an example of this point, I want to talk about a a, a trip that I took. Uh, My wife and I love to take trips, and I use that word uh, intentionally, not drug trips, uh, but just we we love to take trips. And a couple of years ago, we had the opportunity to go to the beautiful island of Kauai. Have you ever been to Hawaii before? Hawaii is a beautiful place. There's several islands. And we got to go to the island of Kauai. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about the trip that we took to Kauai. And so we woke up around 4 a.m. And uh, the alarm was going off. We hit snooze a couple of times. Uh, We finally mustered enough strength to get out of bed. Uh, We we got ready to the best of our ability. Uh, We kind of staggered to the car. We forgot some luggage. We went back into the house, got the luggage. We got into the car. We thought maybe we forgot something, but we didn't. And so we started to drive uh, the hour drive uh, to the airport. On the way to the airport, we listened to some music um, that was streaming from our phones. Uh, We then parked in long-term parking. Uh, We waited around for a bus. We got on the bus. The bus took us to uh, the departure wing of the airport we went in. Uh, We checked our bags. We then walked up to security. We had to dump out our water. Uh, We waited in line in security. We took off our shoes, our belts, our watches. We gave them anything that was metal. Uh, We took our laptops and our tablets out of our bags and put them into a separate container. Um, We did this. They saw us naked. And then we uh, moved through that. Wow. I will never talk about being naked again. We, we moved through uh, the other side of that special machine, and uh, we put our shoes back on, and we then uh, made our way to get some coffee, and uh, we had bags under our eyes. We were incredibly tired. We walked to our um, particular um, concourse where we waited around for 30 minutes. My wife likes to be the one to board immediately when I like to sit outside um, to make sure I get as much leg room as long as possible. But I acquiesced, and I went with her to suffer in the plane a little longer. And uh, we went in the plane, and we flew for about six hours. Uh, we were served water, crackers. We starved. And uh, we watched a couple of movies. And that was our trip to Kauai. Memorable. Uh, that, was, that was our trip. And here's the deal. Um, we didn't take a trip to Kauai to take a trip to Kauai. We took a trip to Kauai to go to Kauai. And so everything I just told you that I remembered about the journey I actually made up because I don't remember one single thing. What I remember is the destination. I remember Kauai. And I could go into all sorts of details of that trip, but I wanted to point out to you that we spend this season of our lives so focused on this season that we forget that we're actually going somewhere. We forget that we're going somewhere that will be far greater than the trip that we are on right now. Now, don't get me wrong. The journey is part of the trip. I actually enjoy taking trips. I enjoy the journey. 
Um, the journey oftentimes can be very good. I, I like taking road trips. How many of you enjoy that? Road trips. Um, I, I don't like the, the experience of flying, but I just like going places. But again, we took the trip to go somewhere. We didn't take the trip to take the trip. And we remember the destination. And so, friends, living life in this mortal body, it's part of the overall trip. But it's just the journey to what can be eternal life in Christ. This journey that you and I are on, it's part of our forever life. It can be good. And in fact, on this journey, this season of our forever lives, there are actually things that you and I can do right now that we will not be able to do in paradise, that we will not be able to do in a new heaven and a new earth. And one of those things is to do ministry like this. One of the things we won't be doing for eternity is telling people about Jesus. That's a unique thing that we experience now. The Bible tells us to some level that that how we marry and have families and interact with our spouses, that how we're doing that now, it's special and it's unique and it's something that we should enjoy if we've been called to marriage, but we won't be doing marriage like that in the new heaven, in the new earth. So the journey is, is good, but it's just the journey. And some of you are putting so much effort. I so often put so much effort in living my life as if I'm living it on an airplane with all of my focus being on what's around me in the plane instead of actually living my life for the destination of what I will be living in forever. You see, we're so busy trying to conform. We're so focused and consumed on trying to conform to this world when Jesus actually wants us to be transformed in him. We're so busy building empires here on this earth when Jesus tells us that his kingdom is not a part of this world. Jesus invites us to be a part of a kingdom that's not a part of this world. So the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, verse 20 He says this, he says, our citizenship is in heaven. So ultimately, whether you are a citizen of whatever of the dozens of nations on this earth, that citizenship doesn't mean a lot. The citizenship that matters is the citizenship that we have that is heavenly, that is eternal in Christ. He says, our citizenship is in heaven, and from heaven we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you might say, aren't we already saved in Christ? And the answer is yes, if we put faith in him. But we're not just living our life now to have Jesus in our heart. We're living our journey now waiting for Jesus to return. We are waiting for the kingdom to arrive in its fullness just as God has promised us that it would arrive. And so we're so concerned and consumed with being friends of this world. We're so consumed with loving the things of this world. We're so consumed with these things instead of aligning ourselves with God. We're wanting to fit in this world instead of just having our primary needs fulfilled by the love of God. 1 John 2, John says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Listen to verse 17. He says, The world is passing away along with worldly desires. But whoever does the will of God abides 
forever. And so there are things in this world, some things that are redeemable, that are good. We enjoy art and music and film and food and games and sports and all of these things that are not inherently evil, but the evil things of this world and doing things in this world not for the glory of God, those things are actually passing away. But we become so consumed with those things that we forget the forever thing that we're heading towards. And because we live forever, we've got to stop living this season of our lives clinging on to things that don't last forever. Matthew 6, listen to what Jesus says. Verse 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, because on earth moth and rust destroys and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Ancient Egypt is fascinating to me. If you look at the tombs of the wealthy elite, the royal class in ancient Egypt, they would bury and mummify their bodies next to all of their stuff. They had chariots. Sometimes they would bury their pets with them. They would bury them with literal board games and jewelry and crowns and weapons, and they accumulated all of their things there in their tombs. But they couldn't take those things with them. Their stuff right now, whether it's in a museum or still in the sand, is currently withering away. Thieves did break in. Thieves did steal. And if your whole life's focus is to build up the treasures in this life, you will not be able to take those treasures with you. It's cliche, but I'll say it anyways. One day when a hearse drives you to a cemetery, that hearse will not be pulling a U-Haul. You can't actually take your stuff with you. Now, you might accumulate stuff that you could leave to your kids, but what good will that do for them? What will your wealth that you leave your kids? Like, it might actually harm them. Of course, you want to leave things to your kids, but are you, li- Sorry. are you living this life to leave stuff for your kids, or are you living your life instead to actually leave a legacy? Will your kids remember the second home that you had? Will your kids remember um, your boat, the size of your 401k? Will they, will they remember the membership to the golf club that you had, or will your kids remember the time you spend with them? Will they remember the energy you didn't put out for them? Will they remember the love you didn't show them? Will they remember the gospel and the body of Christ that you didn't make a priority in theirs? When we lay up treasures in heaven, when we invest into things that are eternal, we leave a legacy, not a perishable inheritance. When we lay up treasure in heaven, we invest our time, our talent, and our treasure into the gospel so that more hearts 
will be stored up in heaven along with ours. When we store up treasures in heaven, we build relationships and we give and receive love to the stranger, to our neighbor, to our enemy, to our family, our spouse, and our friends. Because relationships can last forever. The Bible tells us that love actually never ends. And so when we lay up treasure in heaven, heaven is what we will dwell on. When we lay up treasure in heaven, heaven is what we will be consumed with. When we lay up treasure in heaven, heaven is what we will live for. And here's the most important part of today's message. When you lay up treasure in heaven, heaven is what your priority will be. Where are your priorities? Because when you lay things up and heaven becomes your treasure, heaven becomes your focus, that's where your heart will reside, both in the further latter seasons of our life and in the season that we're in right now. What we invest there can't be stolen. What we invest there cannot be destroyed. Your treasure stored up in heaven will be an anticipation. It will be a deposit, just as the Holy Spirit is a deposit, just as the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of our inheritance in Christ. And that guarantee, that inheritance, that deposit that we have, it's something that we can draw on for all of eternity. And the Holy Spirit within us and our treasure laid up in heaven, it is a placeholder for the rewards that will be given to you that are reserved for those who are in Christ. So lay up treasures in heaven. Set your eyes on things that are above. Paul says in Colossians 3, Verse 1, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth, for you have died. It's talking to Christians. You, your old self, your sinful self has died. It is crucified to the cross with Christ. Your old life is buried in the tomb, and when Christ rose from the grave and you put faith in him, you rose anew in him. So don't focus on the life that's dead. Focus on the new, alive, forever, eternal life that you have with Christ. For you have died, and I love this, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. If you have faith in Jesus, it says your life is hidden in Christ. You are safe and secure In Christ, the name of the Lord, the Bible says, is a strong tower. The righteous will run into it and they will be safe. And so we are hidden in Christ from the things of this world. Verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Did you notice Paul's words? When Christ, who is your life, appears. Is your life stuff? Or is your life Christ? Is your life, your talents, your hobbies, your interests, or is your life Christ? It doesn't say when your hobbies, which are your life. It doesn't say when your circle of influence, who is your life. It says when Christ, who is your life, appears you will appear with him in glory. And you have to ask yourself the opposite. What if Christ is not my life? Then we will not appear with him in glory. 
your treasure is in heaven, your heart will be there. Christ will be your treasure. He will be your life. You will be hidden in him. And when you die, your soul will be with him. And when he returns, your body will be with him in glory. If Christ is my treasure, then my heart is with him forever. If Christ is not my treasure, my heart will not be with him upon death or upon his appearing. If our hearts are not in Christ, if Christ is not our treasure, then that means our hearts will forever be apart from him, alone, without what we've acquired in this world, without hope in the lake of fire. So we must live today with forever in mind. Living your forever life this way, during this season of it, is the way to live your life with some joy because we know what our destination is. We know that there is more than this journey. And when we have that focus, when the journey gets hard, and it does, when the journey gets hard, which it will, when the journey gets hard, we can have hope for all God has in store for us in eternity. When this journey gets hard, we can even find ways to enjoy this life in the midst of difficulty because of the expectation we have in Christ. Romans 8.18, Paul says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us in Christ. Paul then goes on to describe the return of Jesus where all creation will be renewed. He says that all creatures on earth are awaiting his glorious appearing for him to make all things new. And in verse 24, he says, For in this hope, the hope of the resurrection, in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for that thing in patience. How tragic and dreadful is it to die without hope? How tragic is it to die without hope? Last week I shared about being at the bedside of followers of Jesus who who were dying or who had just died. And the utter presence of peace and hope in Christ that somehow was present and tangible in the room where their body lied. But I've also been at bedsides of people as they died where they were fighting the coming of death. And it's because they had no hope. I sat beside the bedside of an old friend uh, who had spent their entire life in the church their entire life um, confessing Jesus, and hopefully they knew Jesus, but they were not ready to die. They fought and kicked and pushed against death because they wanted so badly to hold on to the things of this world, including bitterness. They wanted so badly to hold on to the things of this world, including grudges that they actually weren't willing to let themselves go in peace to the hope that they had in 
Christ. See, it's tragic to die living as though you only live once. It's tragic to die and face death with no anticipation of where your heart will be, but instead only fear and the desire to cling on to what you have and extend life in this world as long as we can. Sometimes people talk about, like, I want to live to be 120, and I'm not so sure if that's what I want. Paul says he had a hard time deciding. Would he want to continue to live and do the work of God because to live is Christ, or did he want to die so that he could gain paradise with Jesus? And as Christians, that's the tension we have. We should want to live and strangely want to die at the same time. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so we live our lives in this holy tension of serving Christ while we're here in unique ways we will not get to in paradise, but also the desire to be in that very paradise. Let's, let's wrap this up. A life with things and a life that is long-lived is not an abundant life. A life with things and a long life is not an abundant life. An abundant life is a life where Christ is our life and we are hid in him. So with these things in mind, while we live today for the glory of God, while we live today enjoying today, While we live today enjoying holding our babies and holding our spouses and watching our grandkids grow up and spreading the gospel and serving our neighbor, while we do those things, we must do them with the destination as the focus, not all this. And so because of that, when things get hard or even when things are good, we need to run this race that we're in with endurance. We need to run this race with patience. And we need to run this race with all that we've got. Here's two passages as Casey comes to close us up. song. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, Paul says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain the prize. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. Think of that for a minute. Everything that we do and we strive for on this earth, whether it's a wreath, a trophy, a dollar bill, a bar of gold, an iPhone, a new car, a new house, all of those things perish. They're perishable. But Paul says, we run this race with self-control because we are running for a wreath, a prize, a trophy that is imperishable. And that is a life that is hidden in Christ, a life where Christ is 
our life, and we have relationship with him. Hebrews 12. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. Sometimes we could debate it was Paul, but Hebrews, the author, and Paul, they, they oftentimes are sending the same message across as God leads them to write. And in Hebrews 12, verse 1, the author says, talking about those people who died in faith before the coming of Christ, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he says, there are faithful souls in paradise that are cheering you on. He says, let us also lay aside every weight, lay aside every sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. You say, well, what is this race? Quit talking in allegory. The race is life as we know it. The race is life in these mortal bodies. Run it with all you have. Lay aside sin. Lay aside things that hold you back. Verse 2. As the author of Hebrews is encouraging us to run the race, it says this. It says, this is how we're encouraged to run the race. Verse 2. Look to Jesus. If you're having a hard time running this race, look to Jesus. If you're having a hard time keeping on, carrying on, moving forward, going forward, look to Jesus. Why? Because he's the founder of your faith. He's the one who got you in this race to begin with. But he's not only the founder, he's also the finisher. He is the perfecter. He's the one who started it for you. And he's the one who will bring you to the finish line. And this is the strange thing about the race that we're in. We could run with all the strength and power that we could muster up and we would never finish. But because our life is in Christ, and because Christ is our life, he's the one that carries us across the finish line. So look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And here's what he did. Who for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Jesus despised its shame. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What Hebrews is saying is that Jesus suffered and endured the cross so that you could endure and run this race that he's actually running for you. And it says, Jesus did this. He suffered and endured on the cross for the joy that was set before him. And the thing that's unfathomable about the joy that's set before Jesus is it's actually the joy of those who serve him. He did it for our joy. Because joy is only found in relationship with Jesus. The joy that was set before Jesus was us. Because in saving us, the Father receives more glory. And so he despised the shame of the cross so that he could spend forever with you. Consider Jesus, verse 3, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary, so that you may not grow faint. That draws on Isaiah, I think it's chapter 40. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they won't faint. 
So you might be weary in this race, in this mortal life, this part of life that you're on right now. But focus on Christ. And don't focus so much on the trip. Don't focus so much on the journey that you miss out on the destination. But then there's tension. Don't focus so much on the destination that you miss out on the journey, that you miss out on the race, that you miss out on loving and serving those around you and inviting other people to join you on this track. So live today with forever in mind. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes just to eliminate distraction. As I was um, putting some thoughts down for this message and, and looking through the scriptures about these things, one thing that the Lord kept putting on my heart was that there are those who would hear this message who do not believe that what they are doing right now in this life as we know it matters. There would be people who would struggle thinking that they weren't laying up treasure in heaven, thinking that they had nothing valuable to contribute to eternity. But whatever you are doing with faith, God sees The hard work you're putting in, God knows. You might think, well, I just have this job, or or my job is just to serve this person, or to take care of this child, or to take care of this person who's sick, or to take care of this person who, who is disabled in a way that they need someone to help take care of them. Man, you are you are really, really investing treasure into heaven when you do that. You're investing into things that matter. The world has taught you to believe that unless you are making a lot of money or unless you have several hundred thousand views on a YouTube video or unless you've got a couple thousand likes on your TikTok video that you really don't matter and that you're not contributing anything at all. But I'm telling you, there are people that go unnoticed, that serve humbly, who are making greater impacts for the kingdom of God than some people who are seen by tens of millions. Those who do things to be seen, Jesus says they've already received their reward. But those who do things and are not seen, their reward is coming. And that reward is life in Christ. And a wreath, if you will, that's imperishable. Don't grow weary on the trip. Don't grow tired on the journey. The destination will make everything else pale in comparison. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. Heart of man has not imagined what God has in store for those who love him. 401k or those you reach for Christ. Properties that you've acquired or relationships that you've built. Money in the bank or treasure in heaven. What's it going to be? 
You actually can't have both. You, you can have those things, but those things, those things won't really be what you have. You'll have something greater if your focus is on Christ. Live today with forever in mind. Quit trying to just amass stuff. When God wants you to inherit eternity, when God wants you to leave a legacy, maybe you're a stay-at-home parent, like, what, what good am I doing? I'm just stuck at home with my kids all day. Oh, you're doing a lot. You've got the most important job in the world, raising up this next generation to know and to love and to serve Jesus Christ. That is one of the most valuable things you could be doing. And you are laying up much treasure in heaven. You may not feel like anyone appreciates you, but God sees you. There's a great crowd of witnesses cheering you on. And God will reward you for your faithfulness. In eternity with Christ, that's reward enough, but he even offers more. So God, I... Lord, whatever you want to do with this, this message that we, we wrestled with today, do it. God, if there's anyone here who is living strictly for today, God, help them to focus more on forever. God, may we be so faithful to you May your spirit in us be so tangible to those around us and may the words that come out of our mouth be so impactful that we would lead those around us to forever life in you. Jesus, make our desire to make you our life. Show us, remind us that we are hid in And God, if we're trying to hide behind the things of this world, remind us that those things will not protect us. Let us instead be all in, be in you. Let us focus on what you have for us for all eternity. If anyone doesn't know you today, Lord, I pray that you would give them faith to trust in you, to call on your name, to be saved to turn from their sin and to turn to life in you and to live for that which is imperishable as opposed to what will perish. In Jesus' name, amen.